Hi guys and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 33. I'm Jojo Fraser and I'm here to give you plenty of mojo injections, very raw, real uncensored chat and I have Scott Newby here with me this week and Scott set up his company after having a bit of a meltdown um, in a very senior role in the financial industry and realised that his life purpose was very similar to mine which is to make mental health normal and cool to talk about and since he set up Newbie Core Consultancy I was at the Newbie Core Breakfast Club um, that he runs with his wife Pam and it was just amazing really really enjoyed it um, and Scott spoke openly about his story and about his passion for mental health he spoke about the black dog how hard it is for men to talk about it too this is a really interesting discussion. I know it's going to help so many. It opened up my mind, um, as these discussions always do. And the more open-minded we are, we know that's better for our mental health. So tune in, enjoy, guys. Please give it a star. Scott certainly deserves plenty. He nailed this episode and uh, Rocket, Man did end. Rocket Man at the end was loads of fun. Thank you so much, Scott. You're awesome. Okay, let's do this. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. No problem at all. We have had some really interesting chats. Now, we met about a month ago? Uh, Yeah, about that. I think so. Well, you met me at the podcasting event where I was chatting and on about mental health, and then we caught up, and then I've heard you speak, which was amazing and so emotional and inspirational and brave and all these words. So, well done. Thank you. How did it feel? Good, actually. Very good. I thought I was um, I was surprised myself. I didn't actually feel remotely awkward or worried about it, um, which was odd, actually. But it was uh, yeah, felt really comfortable doing it. Um, just feels like a weight off the shoulders, the whole thing, to be honest. So um, There's things I do differently. Obviously, if I did it again, you're always kind of quite critical of yourself and go, I should have said that, but nah. It's Very good. It's not always what you say, it's how you say it as well. Yeah. So I think because you were just so real... And you were speaking your truth in a way that people would relate to. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to get to that point. So, I mean, you've had a really interesting life so far. You're doing amazing yeah, so that's things. that's one word for it. <laughs> doing amazing things. Um, and obviously I've said a little bit about your business in the intro, but do you want to just give us a snapshot of what's brought you to this place? Because you had a really high-pressure job. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess... Um... I, as I said in my kind of blog and so on, I had, um, this has probably been 17 years in the making in terms of quite a challenging childhood. Um, don't get me wrong, I have lots about my childhood I love, but there's some lots of good stuff as well. And then fell into the kind of uh, corporate world as you do, all going really well, get promotions, doing a good job, making good money, all the usual stuff. But it just never felt enough, if that makes sense, which is a bit um, odd because people say, oh, look at you. Got, got a good job and you're doing well and you think yeah I have, but it didn't didn't feel quite right so yeah a few kind of mental health challenges over the years um to the point that actually then I started to realize you know what I want to do something different I want to do something that fulfills me a bit more so that's when I left um left the banking world and set up NubiCore my yeah. own company just over a year ago which has been great um and then more recently actually I realized I still hadn't scratch that itch I had around wanting to do stuff that was really going to help people. Um, so that's when I started 
couple of months ago really started throwing all my all my kind of efforts into um, mental health awareness, promoting positive mental health, particularly kind of well-being in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my own personal experience of mental health, um, my education that I've done through mental health, just being fascinated by it and curious about it, but then also working in a in the corporate world in that high pressure business environment mm-hmm. the juggling between looking after your staff and looking after yourself but also still delivering yeah. results um so i think it's a i think i've got a good skill set around both areas of that to hopefully um just be a good help organizations help people yeah be a bit mentally healthier i guess yeah. it's so important it's essential and there's going to be more and more noise about it we need more leaders going in making a change because the stats speak for themselves it's terrifying and it's that you know I had someone on here earlier talking about you know they've gone into life coaching now Jill Ritchie and she was in the bank and really really stressed and it was that thing about getting out the door which really struck a chord with me because it was saying you know screaming at the kids just get in the gut you know and that pressure now don't get me wrong on the weekend I can feel like that sometimes getting out the door you know family life can be hard whether that be trying to get to work the school run appointments a birthday party on the weekend or something it can be really stressful leaving the house but yeah, talking about that kind of lifestyle where she was putting everything into this job and not getting much back. And I put something on LinkedIn about, you know, the company needs to look out for you as well. You know, if, you, yep. if you're listening and you don't want to go and set up your own company, but you, you want to stay in your, your job and it's going well, but you're really stressed before it really... Because if you'd ignored those symptoms, what do you think would have happened? Do you think you would have had a complete breakdown or... Yeah, I think, um, so I think in in 2014, um, I had a bit of a breakdown, I would guess you'd call it, um, and I was off work for a little bit of time, I was like, and then that's when I really realised, you know what, I need to get some professional support, mm-hmm. and that was, that was amazing, that was kind of life-changing for me in terms of dealing with lots of repressed issues for, how old was I, 33, 33 years, um, lifting the lid and everything, which was quite scary and, you know, really hard at times, but it was stuff that I had never spoke about in my entire life so we really dealt with it which was good um, and then I had another sort of setback in 2017 because I just fell back into I felt better after getting some help in 2014 and I just fell back into normal um, in inverted commas life and that was just kind of back into the business world and then it, eventually it doesn't happen overnight it's that kind of downward spiral that they talk about and I, I've had it since I was a kid that kind of niggle of wanting to do something valuable in my life and that's not to say working for a a big organisation is wrong and it's absolutely right but I used to be envious of other people that were happy doing that actually I used to kind of wish I was more like them mm-hmm. um, because I just couldn't even when things were going well I just couldn't get away from the fact that I want to go and do something a bit more important or go and do something that's going to help people mm-hmm. um, and the one I'm not a doctor or anything but the one thing I'm knowledgeable and I think I can help people in is in terms of promoting positive mental health so yeah so then I think what I learned from two that happened in 2017 um, when I had a, a kind of challenging time with mental health again, is that I realised if I just keep going back to what I always did, mm-hmm. it's never going to, it's just going to be on a cycle. It's going to keep happening over and over. So um, that was the point where I thought, you know, I need to actually fundamentally change my life. Yeah. Otherwise, I can do all the great treatment, go to the gym, get support, talk, and but it's just going to keep going back. Mm-hmm. It might be every six months, it might be every two, three years, but it was going to keep happening. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why I thought, oh, yeah, I need to make a kind of fundamental change to my life. 
Yeah, and do you think when you say keep happening, do you think it's something within certain people that are more likely to go on a downward spiral? Because what's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So I think with kind of stress, anxiety, depression, I think there's lots of different kinds of it, but in terms of two sort of very simple categories of it is it can happen someone wants in their life because maybe a combination of things, stress at work, a bereavement, lots of factors might kind of build up. Mm-hmm. But then there's also people that have a kind of predisposed illness or you know a vulnerability towards something. Um, and my therapist was amazing. She was she's like absolutely leading in her kind of field. And what she used to say, I've learned so much. I feel fully educated on it because of yeah. because of her. And what she used to say was, you know, you, people have a vulnerability into the same way they have a vulnerability to maybe diabetes or a vulnerability to you know heart disease or people have a vulnerability to depression or uh-huh. poor mental health. So I think so. And that develops whether it's through family history, through DNA, mm-hmm. the way we developed in our formative years, our childhood when we're developing, even on a subconscious level. So I think for me, it took a long, long time, but actually it's part of me. And that's it. It's part of who I am. It's mm-hmm. part of my genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and as my therapist used to say, was make friends with it, you know, embrace it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it took me a long time, but I've learned to do that. And actually now I feel very comfortable about this is part of who I am and I just need to know the warning signs when to manage it, when I need to take a break, when I need to talk, when I need to go to the gym, whatever it may be. And just, so yeah, I think it, I think some people it is part of them and then it's, it's learning how to recognize it and kind of manage and treat it probably throughout your life, to be honest. Nurture it. Cause I'm exactly the same more from the anxiety side, but with depression, the closest I get to it is PMS. Yeah, and depending on what's going on, sometimes I blame it on BMS and it's not. <laughs> um, but it comes from I've seen my dad's side, yep. um, and but also for my poor kids, they've got on both sides because Scott's side yeah. too. So I was like, right, I really need to do something about this. So I've been like yourself, living and breathing all things mental health, mindfulness, you know, self care, all the things we can do for the past four years and that was what brought me to write the book and launch this podcast and learn from people like yourself yeah. and and just really talk openly because you have no idea who's listening and occasionally I'll get a message saying, well I'll get messages every day but occasionally it'll be one like you have no idea I've been listening for ages but it's really helped me so you have no idea Absolutely. because there will be people that don't talk about it and that's okay. But as long as they're getting the support, they don't have to cop on a podcast or yeah, you know share no. with thousands of people. But it's a brave thing to do. But I think for the mojo and the mental health and the happiness, it really boosts it. You know when you take on that fear and yeah. you start talking about it? Because you have all these limiting beliefs and these critical thoughts that come in, for example. Oh, people will just think I'm using this as a kind of story or yeah. you know all these negative thoughts. I remember when I started talking openly about dad and then there was a double... Um, centre spread in the daily record and you know someone said I was saying in a podcast oh don't get too big for your boots all this attention or, or whatever or what would dad are you just you're just using a story and I know Matt Higgs had that you know with his mental health and he's on a huge scale you know best-selling author selling film rights and all this kind of stuff going on telly people can be really negative absolutely yeah and I, as I said that first night I met you you know anyone that calls someone self-indulgent for talking about mental health is just so ignorant yeah. so you know they probably have issues themselves because it's so easy to judge people 
but actually anyone that opens up and talks about it. Now, I'm sure there might be people out there that make up lies, say they've got anxiety yeah, and they don't. But I think the majority, you would be able to tell. It would be quite clear, I think. you can. It's not really something you can make up. <laughs> well, I remember someone saying to me that, that exactly, there was a bit of a discussion going on and someone said, oh, yeah, but some people will play on it, make it up, use it to get off work or whatever. And someone else who works in the mental health field made a great point and said, well, they've probably got some challenges at a much deeper level then to actually want to use it as a, mm-hmm. as a smoke screen or use it as a kind of something to get time off work. So actually, on a deeper level, there probably are some other mental health challenges there. So I think from that point of view, I think, um, I think I'm, a, I'm a good example because I've always been, and I used to be very proud of it before, I was a very, very private person. Yeah. I would not share any private stuff whatsoever. So... I remember when I was at school, my mum first got cancer. I didn't tell anyone at school pretty much. No one knew. And I, I just thought it's just, it's private. And I was very private in terms of my whole life, you know. And it was only, I only told my brothers about my own mental health problems a year ago. You know, and we're really close. Yeah. You know, and I just didn't talk about it. And there was, none of my friends knew until I announced it publicly, uh, well, a couple of months ago. So yeah, it was a, I think when people say, oh yeah, we talk about, no one's ever said that to me, thankfully, when people talk about it being, you know, maybe self-indulgent, it couldn't be further from the truth for, for a lot of people, and myself included, because I'm as bad as private as they come. I used to be the one, and I kind of regret it now, a few years ago, you'd look on Facebook and you'd see someone moaning about something or saying something, and you'd think, oh, that's private, why are you talking about it? And actually, that was my own kind of way I felt that I was a closed book, if you like. Uh-huh. Um, and that's always been a problem for me. I never spoke about stuff, so you just, again, that's a negative, it builds up inside you, and uh-huh. then when it just obviously becomes a lot worse. Um, so yeah, talk, talk, and I, I get your point, absolutely, you don't need to go and do what we've done and go and announce to the world um, <laughs> about it. You just need to be able to, you have know, one person if you feel that you need someone to talk to or know that your work has got your back and they'll support you. Uh-huh. I think even that is, is really important. Um, yeah, it's not saying everyone needs to go out and kind of announce it. Um, I certainly never thought I would. But exactly your point, I got to a point where I thought, I'm a guy who likes football, hangs around with his mates in the pub. You know, people wouldn't think it of you, quite confident outgoing. And actually, I thought, well, do you know what? For by me sharing it, that will probably help a lot of people, but also help a lot of people probably in a similar demographic to myself as well that feel that they're in that environment where they can't talk about it and they can't open up and they can't get help. They can't say to their boss because their boss will judge them and performance yeah. manage them or what have you so yeah I just think you know it's it's an opportunity to to use the voice that you I've got to kind of tell my story but then also offer advice and support and managing techniques and, and particularly in terms of workplace and their well-being strategies to just try and actually make it just normalize that people just talk about it in the same way they would talk about someone breaking their leg or someone being off work with you know diabetes or whatever it may be just so normal oh you're having an anxiety attack they're horrible sit down i know how you know that's so normal i mean our brains aren't they mental yeah you know just that kind of that was always my vision to 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 see people having and actually a real key point for me this year was in wagamama who kindly sponsored the podcast launch and we were all in wagamama and they treated about 50 60 people that came along to three course meal and drinks it was lovely and people came up to me at the end of my launch and they said, what was so nice about that night is the conversations were just like that. It's like, how do you know, Joe? Oh, we were speaking about this and I had this with my family or this has been a really tough time. So strangers were just having these conversations about... Which is amazing. And I was just like, yes, like this is the start of, 
you know, we are part of the start of this movement and it doesn't have to be aggressive, you know, because I sometimes get called a mental health campaigner and I think, oh, does that make me sound like one of those raging people that, you know, goes out with the boards and, you know, that can put people off. But actually, there's a gentler way to to do it, you know. Um, So just starting that conversation, it's so key. And I think when you have that vision, you're never going to give up either, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And I think your point, I think that's what I've been... I was probably, I wasn't remotely, as I said, worried or awkward, funnily enough, about when it got to the point. I just, it kind of overwhelmed. I have to share my story. I have to help people. I just want to get it out there. Uh-huh. And I've never been happier. It was like a complete weight off my shoulders, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, but I was, I did have a little bit of, post that, a little bit of nervousness. I don't want it to be in everyone. I kind of, was that kind of thing on myself around, I don't want it to be in everyone's faces. I don't want to be that, oh God, Scott's doing another post about mental health. So I kind of, I spoke to, um, someone else called Layla Khan who works within the mental health space and I had a really good chat with her and she was like you know almost basically saying don't worry about it and it kind of it does make sense and I think I do want to talk about it I do want to help people but yeah you do end up getting mindful that you're thinking I don't want to talk about it all the time you know what I mean does that make sense I, I just think mental health impacts everything though so yeah. I think there's ways for me I never run out of content ideas because it's just so important to talk about and it, it's everywhere do you Absolutely, know what I mean yeah. Like I was doing a podcast yesterday about pornography addiction in teenagers. So they can't get an erection because they're addicted to porn and they don't know how to have sex. They just, they see this, well not fairy tale, it's not like old school romance. Um, They see this hardcore porn and then they think that's how they do it. I mean, that's terrifying. It is, absolutely, yeah. So I'm thinking, right, I need to write a book, I need to do content on this. You know, everything... It's all connected, you know, sexual health, physical health, mental, spiritual, all this stuff. It, I mean, there's so much to talk about because it's going to help people. And the stats are so bad that I just think the more we can consider how our wellness and our lifestyle go, like tea and toast, really, it can never be a bad thing. So No, absolutely. And I think I'm just starting to get to that point now. I think, do you know what? I, it's just It was myself standing in my own way, no one else, just yeah. thinking like, over it's that part of the whole depression cycle is that kind of overthinking, over analysing everything and thinking. Yeah. Um, which I just I think for me I've just like to get the point, well that's do you know what, for every one person that may scoff, there might be another ten people that you help. And when I did release um I set up the blog, uh, Me, My Mind and I, and I released this about what, two months ago to social media and out on my website and so on. And I had loads and loads of emails, private messages from people, people I knew saying I've suffered for a long time, you've really helped me. People uh-huh. I didn't know contacted me. Yeah. People I know contact me and say, you've helped five people I know just by without realising. You think you could actually be really helping people yeah. without, as you said earlier, without, and some people you don't ever hear from that you don't yeah, even realise. Yeah, I think just by, just by talking about it, I think, do you know what, for every person that may kind of scoff about it or whatever, who cares? All the people you're helping is, is amazing. And it's really interesting what you're saying about young people and you were talking about that yesterday as you say is that I was chatting to someone who works in the mental health um, field and they did some studies for universities and it's gonna it's only gonna get worse because younger people the stats show that young people are really struggling with their mental health more. Mm-hmm. So actually these are the this is the next generation of people that are going into the workplace and I don't workplaces just aren't ready for it because more and more people, younger people are getting more and more challenges with mental health. They're gonna be the the workers of the future. And they're going to have mental health challenges, um, anxiety, depression, stress related to work, whatever it may be. 
and workplaces more than ever need to be now thinking we need we've got a duty of care to look after these people yeah. um, rather than just you know coming in that high pressure environment especially if it's you know graduates coming in and the expectations are there there needs to be now a real level of support for these guys yes. um, so yeah it is a worry in I think the figures that obviously the numbers in terms of the stats in terms of people that suffer with mental health is growing mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think it's so important that now as a, I think as a generation we've almost got a responsibility that we've now got to terms where we start to accept it mm-hmm. let's start to change the narrative for mm-hmm. the better mm-hmm. um, so yeah hopefully let's, let's do more and I think it's this kind of robot society you know so with the porn being an example it's getting in the way of real connections absolutely um, with people forgetting how to communicate because it's all online so I'll see you tonight on Facebook yeah. Instagram stories rather than having that balance of let's meet up and have a chat or let's pick up the phone and just have a quick conversation because things can get lost so communication I mean we need these skills we need to get our teenagers to you know I'm already thinking about that I mean kids are six and four but yeah, <laughs> you know, know blink and um, I'm thinking about how I'm going to cope with social media and I've spoken on the podcast a lot about anxiety and teenagers and what we can do because that's huge I mean that's absolutely massive at the moment so Oh, there's going to be all sorts of challenges and there'll be so much new research and just keeping on top of it and doing our bit, I think, is so important. And exciting, the fact that we can make a change. Absolutely, really exciting. And just even, I only what started talking about two months ago mm-hmm. and I've met so many amazing people already who are doing great stuff uh, in promoting positive mental health and trying to raise awareness and trying to get people to the point where they feel comfortable just talking about it. If they need to talk to someone, they feel comfortable about it rather than kind of that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, I can't show any signs of weakness. And that's only been two months. And I'm thinking, wow, the amount of great people I've met and some of the events I've been at in two months, and I can actually, this is a real, it's a real community in Edinburgh. We want to do some really good stuff in, in with this. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it feels good to try and be part of it, try and kind of drive it forward. As you, as you say, you've got young kids, I'm the same with young kids. And that's obviously... A worry, and you think we talked about it kind of earlier around wouldn't it be great to have a world where when these when our children are kind of 18, 19, 20, then you know, adulthood that it's just it's just normal uh-huh. in commas again, it's normalized, it's just it's part of everyday life, and people understand that people have anxiety or maybe have depression in the same way they have a physical injury or illness. And actually, if they just say to their boss, they could say to the boss, Actually, I'm having a bit of a tough time of it at the minute you know maybe just need a couple of days off or, or whatever it may be that that just is actually that's fine rather yeah. than being like uh, you know yeah kind of thing so yeah no it's i think that's that's the challenge i think that's what we all want to see mm-hmm. um it seems to go for really really creative talented people yes I, I, do you know what I, 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 I guess we all are creative and talented um so it's just educating people as well that actually you're a legend <laughs> and um, it's not something yeah it's just something that is and, and the black dog and you were talking about this really powerful video um, that people should watch um, all about the black dog and just sometimes not even having a reason to yep. be depressed and I've had days like that where you th- you feel so low but you're so much to be happy about Absolutely. and yeah. you're like why am I feeling this sort of dark shadow over me what's wrong with me and you're trying to work out was it a lack of sleep or you're trying to put it all together and sometimes 
you just don't know the answer and you just have to sit with it and go, right, it's okay, tomorrow will hopefully be a better day or next week or whatever and it's just using the toolkit that you have because my toolkit would be, well, I, mean, I think everyone should be some form of exercise for the natural um, yeah. But, you know, for you, you were saying football, you know, that's your happy place. Yeah. So you can kind of almost be really mindful when you're watching a game. And that's, it's a really important thing for you to have. Uh, for me, writing is yeah. one of my, you know, sometimes I'm sad to go to sleep because I, I'm missing out on writing because I've got <laughs> all these ideas. That's passion, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, you're shattered, but you've got energy to go to that game. You're shattered, but... You wanna you wanna put pen to paper. You wanna create something or whatever it is. Um, I spoke to someone who really struggles with depression, um, and they just love knitting, and that gives them, and then they can give blankets to people that need it. And I thought, what a lovely way to give back. You know, you can focus on that, be mindful, and know that you're you're helping people too. So no, absolutely, I, and I, I totally believe in that. And I, when I did my a talk recently around it, I. I called it find your football and I know not everyone likes football but the whole point is find something that's for you and I, I totally agree you could you could have the, a brilliant job you could have a perfect family life and beautiful children and you could look at your life and think what have I got to not be happy about what have I got to feel low about and actually sometimes it just happens and I think having sometimes actually part of it is just remembering just have that tiny little bit of selfishness, maybe just for 5% of your life, mm -hmm. just to say, do you know what, find your football, whatever your football is, whether it's knitting, writing, golf, football, learning a new language, it could be anything, What something you're passionate about mm -hmm. that takes you away from life, maybe for an hour, a couple hours, a week even, is so important for your mental health. And it's it's really interesting because I one of the biggest challenges I had was exactly that. I used to beat myself up all the time about not physically, like mentally, I speak to someone about saying exactly that, you know, I've got a good job, you know, I can afford to have a nice house, I've got a wife and lovely children, and I'm thinking, why am I, what have I got to be feeling down about? And actually, it's obviously, it's just, it's part of who I am, it's, so it's just, but yeah, I used to see, I think of silly things, you'd be thinking about, oh, children in Africa, look how bad their life is, and thinking of all these people that have really horrendous lives and challenges, and thinking, I've got no right to feel down, mm -hmm. snap out of it kind of thing. And it's taken me a long time to realise that actually it's just, sometimes it happens. And that's what you were saying about creative people is that sometimes people that on paper look like they have everything. Mm -hmm. Footballers, actors, celebrities, mm -hmm. um, people look at them and say they've got everything. But then they're like, why are they, why are they suffering from really serious mental health issues sometimes? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not, because it's not just about money, mm -hmm. fame, actually there's something more at play there that people generally might just have challenges with their mental health, yeah. and irrespective of any material stuff. I think that's really important that people understand it can be anyone Yeah, and it everyone. doesn't discriminate at all, and it's so important we educate more people on that, and it comes back to judgment. We make these judgments, and it's taking the time to open up our minds, try and understand people. Yeah. If more of us were to do that, the world would be a much happier place. Absolutely, yeah. You know, just try and get into the head, just try and imagine this horrible black cloud that's just all over you. And, you know, two people could be in this paradise island, right, but have a completely different experience mentally. Yep. Now, that's a very personal thing, but 
you know, someone could be really happy and the other just really discontent. It's not always, you know, the mind is, what's happiness is a state of mind and it's, uh, it's fascinating. Our minds are incredible things, but scary things yes, as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think the key is not being scared to talk about it and um, it's, it's just so, so important. And I think for Scotland and the UK, we need more events. And so who do you look up to in the industry for motivation? Um, it's probably people within the sporting world, and just because again, that's that's the industry that I love. And when I see footballers, again, who people think have everything, mm-hmm. and again, in an industry where it's very difficult to come out and say, do you know what? The reason I didn't play football I was people maybe. I mean, even to the point they don't even in the media they won't say this player's missing for two months injury uh, two months from playing. Because he's got poor mental health and he's got really bad depression, you get you. They'll say, "Oh, he's got a back injury," or, "Oh, he's." Got the, the, I mean, it won't be because it's there's so much stigma with it in such a sort of male, um, that kind of bravado environment of football or any kind of like sport like that, is that people just don't want to admit it because people might think weaker, weaker of them. I guess crowds like these games could sadly, and we've seen a lot of that recently for lots of reasons where people can use things against people um so yeah but footballers yeah when I so when I see footballers coming out in that really hard can be quite a hard egotistical environment um which I I mean I love that environment that's my that's my thing but I think god it wouldn't be great if people just felt more comfortable about talking about it and so when I see the odd person come out I think David Cotterell um who I'm linked on with LinkedIn and he used to play for Wales and a few clubs just has, has kind of talked about his own mind he talks about it all the time and he's doing great stuff and Every time I see his post, I think this guy's, he's in this industry and he's just out there just saying, do you know what, um, Aaron Lennon, a uh, big name earlier this year. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's very small steps in that industry. I'd love to do a lot of work within the, the football industry as well because I think it's such an area that needed young men uh-huh. and young women now as well because football's, women's games getting big as well and, uh-huh. but they're getting a lot of fame and a lot of money and a lot of attention. Quickly. Quickly. And are they getting the tools to be able to deal with it when they're not getting a game or if they get a bad injury or oh. their club releases them yeah. when they, and they're not necessarily going to get another club and they could be 23-year-olds and struggling to get a team and might have to think about going into a different job that's not maybe as exciting as football. So what, there is things out there, but it doesn't feel there's much support mm-hmm. from the outside looking in in terms of getting these guys ready, for, and, and men and women, ready for potential disappointment and potential downturns in football people just think oh it's a great life yeah but a lot of downtime a lot of time to think in as a footballer uh-huh. like a lot of boredom potentially and you can't go out necessarily and socialize because you're obviously looking after your body eating the right foods mm-hmm. so they have a lot of time to think mm-hmm. you know um and get bored i guess and then that's obviously quite dangerous in itself that can be dangerous i mean i remember living in new zealand and having a lot of time and just overthinking a lot. And my lifestyle wasn't great because I was yeah. partying hard, so that didn't help. But yeah, it's worrying when you have too much time and you need to, to be grounded. And I, I think a key issue as well is we're also busy, so we don't have much time to listen. Like, yeah. so what I love about doing a podcast, it's a safe space where we can really listen and tune in. And that's a real indulgence these days to be able to listen. And when I was approached earlier this year by my, my coach, Emma, um, from Fourth Coaching, she's amazing. And she was like, I want to meet and give you some sessions. And I was like, well, why do I need sessions? You know, I'm, I'm motivating other people. That won't look very good. And she was like, oh, no, people, massive motivational speakers and stuff, they've got coaches. 
I said, well, let's find out about this. And the space was so, you know, she was just listening so much and all this stuff comes up. Yeah. And I'm like looking at her going, right, do you want to talk now? She's like, no, no, and why do you think? And I'm like, this is so powerful. Um, just so amazing to have that time because it's a non-biased, you know, that space. And you probably had that, what was your therapist's name again? Uh, Dr. Lorna Champion. Right. She was amazing, yeah. Yeah. And she just listened more than, uh, she educated and she prompted and she, uh-huh. she knew how to draw it out of me, I guess. But she, yeah, just the biggest thing was listening. Got me talking about anything and everything without even, obviously she's very skillful and very good yeah, at it. Yeah, they're trained. Yeah. Because Emma's the same, she's just trained. Just like talking, yeah. Yeah, they know exactly <laughs> yeah. what to do. But you're like, can you speak now? And she's like, no, no, no. That's because yeah. that, those are the powerful times. Because we all have we have the answers. We yeah. all have the answers. But it's taking the time to find them. Yeah. And it's human nature when people ask, people are confiding in you, are opening up. I think it's human nature for people then to often jump in and offer advice and, oh, I went through that, which is great. And people are trying to support each other. But there is something said, yeah, for said to be said for just listening. And I think. I remember with Lorna, I used to sit there and sometimes no one would speak for like 20 seconds and you'd, I'd be kind of thinking, oh, what? And it was just because they were just, but it was really skilled kind of pausing and just waiting because then I would probably think of something else or I'd kind of go off on a really important tangent and then I would start talking about something else. Whereas if she'd filled that gap, yeah. we wouldn't have got to the root of a lot of stuff. So yeah, it feels quite awkward at first and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, it's, why is it silent? But actually it does give you that time to just think and reflect and then all kinds of kind of comes gushing out. Which it's is, weird, isn't it? it you is just weird. have those moments of clarity. Yeah, absolutely. As you said earlier, it's because we're all so busy. We don't give ourselves time just to sit and reflect and give ourselves a bit of kind of free our mind for a little bit, do we? we mm. We're just running from one thing to the next often and I think we don't get the time to do that. Um, so when someone actually sits you down and makes you kind of talk and they listen, I think it's... It's really powerful. It's so important. And I speak about this in chapter six, taking time to really get to know yourself, like really get to know yourself and not what other people call you as well, because that can turn into a limiting belief, like, oh, you're this, you're that. Taking time, right? Who am I? Who am I? What are my values? Am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? Do I want to grow this or do I want to do something else? What do I not want to compromise on? What will I not compromise yeah. on? And that impacts everything. Your work, the way you parent, you know, the my marriage. You know, things, issues that could really have built. And I say to Scott, this isn't, no, this isn't right. We can't go on this way because yeah. I'm going to have resentment about the way you are with this. And he would go, all right, I see what you mean. And, you know, because if, if I didn't speak to him, because for me, a big thing is freedom. And he can be quite, likes to do things a certain way. And I was always stopped the laid back one. Yeah. But we, we grow and change. And actually, I have a voice too. And I want to do certain things. And sometimes the laid back one needs to make themselves heard. Because if you just dub yourself as that way, then you're going to miss out on living. Absolutely, do you know what I yeah. mean? Like it needs to be compromised. So I, th- I think things like that came up for me. Oh, right, okay, I need to maybe just make sure I am doing what's right all the time and I am saying yes to things or I'm pushing for things that I want to do rather than just, you have to pick your battles in life, but know what's really important and what you do not want to compromise on. 
I think that helps us so much. Absolutely, and I think that goes back to that old point where sometimes people will look at someone and say they've got the perfect job or they've got the perfect family life, but it can't come at the necessary... I mean, life is full of compromises, of course it is, but not at the complete compromise on something that's really important to you, and I think that there has to be that combination of things, and I've talked about it recently around kind of really shrinking what were my priorities in life and you know my family life is absolutely it and but actually I still need to do something of value on top of that you know and that's not to say my wife and my children aren't my world because they are but it's, it's okay to say I need some I need to still do something for me to go and help other people and still feel fulfilled and feel that I'm making a difference in the world and adding value make my children proud of me I think that's okay I think sometimes as parents particularly we can feel guilty about that and say, it doesn't matter what we do for a living, it doesn't matter if we're unhappy in ourselves, as long as our kids are happy and we're providing for them. But if you're a little bit unhappy and you're not quite feeling content with yourself, then you're probably not going to have as good a kind of relationship with your kids as you could because you're going to be a little bit kind of maybe down or, or what have you. So, yeah, I've no doubt since I've dealt with my own issues and continue to do so and got to the, kind of the best point I've ever been right now. I'm a better husband, I'm a better dad, you know, it's not, so actually, that's, it all kind of, it's all linked in together. So much so. Yeah. I always think people that are judgmental or stroppy or they're not taking time, they're not yeah. taking the time for the mental health. That's the issue. And then they're saying, oh no, it's just the way it is. And it comes back to this closed-minded versus open-mindedness, yeah. okay? If you're more open-minded, you're more open to a happier life if you're close-minded it's a it's a limit a limiting life you know versus a limitless life yeah absolutely and i guess if you know people see you going on there will be a bit of jealousy perhaps or oh why do you you know or we, we can't shine too bright in the uk don't get too big for your yeah. boots and stuff <laughs> well actually no we are here once on this earth Let's freaking enjoy it, you know. And yeah, the black dog may come or well, may struggle mentally, but that doesn't have to hold us back from having the best life we could have, you know. But it takes a choice. Totally agree. And it doesn't mean that life's not going to be full of ups and downs mm. and, you know, that's just part of it, unfortunately. But yeah, I must have, I'm due to my kind of mental health and my <laughs> kind of hypervigilance, <laughs> overthinking type personality um, I always find it very difficult to accept something that wasn't tangible that I couldn't see and touch and you know, believe it was real and that did kind of limit me and actually as over the last sort of couple of years I've absolutely opened my mind a lot more and actually just accept things a lot more for as they are and you know and it becomes so much it's just a lot nicer way to feel you know it's it doesn't you're not thinking all the time, or oh, why does that like that? Or uh -huh. and it's just that kind of, as you rightly say, just open your mind, mm -hmm. live once, give it the best you've got. And, yeah. And I, I always talk about it as that being an old man, <laughs> greyer than I am at the minute, uh, sitting in an armchair, looking back on life and thinking, having regrets and thinking, I wish I'd done that. Mm -hmm. um, I wish it doesn't differently. Now, that that was always a bit of a fear that drove me to, to get to the point I am now because I want to be able to look back and think, yeah, I did something valuable, made a difference. My children are happy. My grandchildren maybe are happy, you know, and that's that's what I think you can really ask for. Yeah, and the fact that you, you know, you see, I find it so interesting. Someone says, I'm a private person. Is that a fear? 
Is that a fear of being judged? What makes someone a private person? What makes someone hold back? Um, absolutely, yeah. I think partly it is a fear. For me, yeah. Did I, did I feel in my early mid-twenties I'd get judged? Um, yeah. I mean, I was the circles I was in, the environment that I was in, very kind of active sporting world. We just we talked about football and where we're going to go to the pub tonight. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just... And that's not to say every time you go to the pub with your friends, you should be talking about deeper, meaningful stuff. Of course not. But it was never, it was just never on the table. It was never an option. Partly fear for judgment. I think partly it is how you grow up in terms of your childhood. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate. Um, my mum was a single parent from when I was only, from the age of when I was two. And she was a phenomenal mum, sadly no longer with us, but phenomenal. And I sacrificed her whole life pretty much for me and my two brothers so that we could go on and do well. Um, and I think, you know, but for all that, we weren't a very demonstrative family. You know, it wasn't like we would tell each other we loved each other. Or we wouldn't, it was very, we were very, we knew it and we were very close, as close as you could be, but we didn't, that environment we grew up in wasn't, wasn't one like that. So I think as you get older as well, you kind of think, well, that's just how life is. We're private. Um, personal stuff is personal stuff and that's it. Um, so I think partly probably how you kind of, grow up through your childhood and spend on that and partly definitely that fear factor and I think that is really important that we try and remove that fear factor and actually make it just it's okay to say do you know what I think I talked about it um, the other week when I was chatting about it in that if someone says to someone at work I had a bereavement in the family your manager will be absolutely very supportive take some time off work if someone says I'm just feeling really depressed at the minute and they say what why and they say it's just nothing particular just you know a combination of things that build up will you get the same response from your manager mm -hmm. hopefully you will but I think in a lot of cases you wouldn't and I think that's the whole yeah, the awful. whole thing it has to be and then again that one bad experience will make this person who's maybe taken three years to be brave enough to open their mouth and say I'm struggling with depression that one that one interaction could then make them say I'm not doing it again because of the way that person looked at me the judgment the way yeah. it might impact my performance and said, do you know what? So I think it's the negative interactions people have as well will stop them opening up next time, which is really dangerous. It's horrendous. So I had someone on the podcast, oh, it was an amazing podcast last month, um, Feeding Little Ones, she, um, Gemma, she's amazing. And she opened up to her mother-in-law and said, uh, I, she had bad um, postnatal anxiety and mental health and she, it was such an incredible episode. But she said she opened up to her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law said, "Oh, I wish you'd, I wish my son had found someone normal." And that reaction. Yeah, that's. But what I was saying to her is, your mother-in-law is just hurt because she doesn't understand. She wants to be in your life more, but she's hurt because she does not understand the way you yeah. are. But hearing her story and the life she had. It was very clear why she had depression, why she'd attempted suicide, why she'd had eating disorders, postnatal anxiety, and now she's doing amazing things and she's teaching her kids. She's giving her kids the childhood she wanted and it's all around food and just lovely. But um, I have hope that that will be sorted. But I just think there's so many people like that that just go, you're a weirdo. Absolutely, yeah. And those people I feel sorry for because they're maybe hurting themselves and they can't open up their mind so they're just judging yeah. judging judging this is the way it is and they have this thick skin and they're private people and they don't talk about it and life is perfect and I want to, nobody's normal you know yeah. 
I wish you married someone normal. I'm not normal. <laughs> You're not normal. My husband's not normal. I've not met a normal person. Well, actually, the normal people are just putting on this mask yeah. that everything's okay. And they're probably the ones that really need to talk. It's such a... I feel quite passionate, Elliot. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally... And I, it's funny, I always say to my wife, I always say, at least life's never boring with me. <laughs> it's like, we, um, we've had... Yeah, it's been... We couldn't be happier, but it's like we've had... As life has thrown a lot of stuff at us and, you know, there's been ups and downs, but I always say to her, at least it's not boring, but yeah. you're absolutely right. I, I think there is an element of, and I don't like generalising, but there is an element of generational kind of oh, aspects. And I think we're talking about, like, I was talking earlier about my childhood in terms of how that maybe impacts you in terms of being demonstrative and, and feeling open to talk about private stuff. Um, there's obviously people who are the generation and two generations ahead of me that have had that kind of drilled into them for 50, 60, 70 years. So mm -hmm. whether it's sexuality, whether it's race, whether it's religion, whether it's mental health, I think there's definitely a challenge there for people. And you can understand it because it's been so, so ingrained in them ingrained. for so long that it's very, it's much more difficult. Change? Yeah. Ch change? What? Know. Oh, just, and it's hard to understand because I guess we, when they were children, life, the world was very, very different. So I guess it's been a lot of, I think we almost have to, not, not say that it's right, but you can understand why people are slightly different about when they're a bit older, because they've lived different lives. But, yeah. but that's why I feel really passionate about, and I actually feel, which is an odd thing to say, but I feel really lucky to be dealt the cards I've been dealt, and actually, and at the time I've been dealt it, because I think my mum, I mean, I was only 20 when she died, so we never really spoke about it. Um, but she, I've spoken to other people about it, and looking back, I can see she absolutely had lots of mental health challenges. She had a really difficult life, um, and had no one to talk to. But people didn't talk about it, so I think that's really sad that she had no one to talk to and just had to live through that. And I think a lot of people in that generation have probably suffered from it, um, but didn't just couldn't talk about it. And I think we're now. That's why I said I feel lucky because I'm at an age in our generation where we're starting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's getting better media coverage still so much to do so mm. much to do but actually I feel quite fortunate that can I can I make a difference now for the people like my mum that didn't have the support yeah she would be so proud of you thank you um, for our generation mm -hmm. we can be the generation that do something about it change the narrative but then for that, and then for the future generation for our children that oh, they live in a, a world that's actually just more tolerant and yeah. um, accepting so that's kind of yeah just I think there's those three generations I think actually we've we're in that bang in the middle of the, the three generations, if you like, and we have got a, a duty of care, but we've got an, an opportunity to do something about this. So mm -hmm. let's not just sit on our hands and, and leave it for someone else to do. Let's try and try and do something about it. Amazing. Let's be a rocket man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Leading on perfectly. Um, I've really enjoyed this chat. I could chat about this all day. Um, I know we're both very passionate about yes. it. But it's going to help so many people. Um, so thank you for, again, being so honest, so brave. Let's keep changing the world day at, one day at a time. Yep, absolutely. No, thank you for having me on. No, it's been really I good. And I think we'll just release all the mojo now. We'll have a good sing. And if you guys at home want to join in, please do. I'm 
gonna be high as a as a kite by then. There's a great tune. It's a terrible voice. Slowly Slowly out of space. On such a Rocket man, rocket man. 